out this morning. Really glad that, that you are with us. I want to give you a few uh, verses you might want to, uh, to mark in advance. Uh, James chapter 1, James 1, 13, 14, and 15. Isaiah, Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. 2 Peter 3 and verse 9. We'll be reciting those verses uh, as we get through the lesson. I actually have a couple of uh, shorter passages before we get to them, but they are very short, and we will have them. Uh, we will do them so quickly that uh, I, I won't even ask you to follow along. They'll, they'll be done uh, uh, very quickly. But those three, uh, those three are a bit longer if you want to look those up. While you're doing that, I want to put in a, a plug for the ladies. Uh, Everyone that I've spoken to about it uh, tell me are telling me that Ladies' Day just went very well yesterday. Uh, a good a good crowd of people, a good speaker. They had a good meal together, and uh, every every review that I have heard has been nothing but positive. So congratulations to the ladies for that. I also want to put in another plug for uh, Glenn Edson's Tuesday night Bible study class. That's at six thirty right here at the building. You can view it uh, on Glenn's Facebook page. And so uh, I noticed uh, last week Glenn had over 100 views on Facebook. And so that's a good thing. And so uh, 6.30 Tuesday night for that class. Genesis 1 and 1 tells us that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created the universe, made the earth habitable for humans to live and, and survive and exist here on the earth, created man in his own image and placed him in the Garden of Eden. God soon saw that it wasn't good for a man to be alone. So he took a, a rib from Adam's side, made a woman. Adam and Eve lived in a perfect world. There was only one thing that they were forbidden to do. They could not eat from the tree that was in the midst of the garden. Well, they, they didn't do too well with that, that one command. They didn't do too well with that. They were, they were free to choose, and they chose to sin. They were driven from the garden, and eventually their bodies returned to the dust. Since then... Every descendant of that first couple, with the exception of Jesus Christ, has sinned. That includes each and every one of us. Romans 3 and verse 23 tells us that I'll have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's every one of us. John tells us in 1 John 1 and verse 8 that if we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. I'll have sinned. Sin, And that is not because it is inherited, although the, the doctrine of being born in sin is very commonly taught today, it is not biblical. It is not because it is genetic. Folks say, today I was born this way, God made me like this, and I can't change. It is neither one of those things. It is a choice. We choose how we will live. James tells us in James 1, this is James 1, verses 13, 14, and 15. 
James says, let, let no man say when he is tempted that I am tempted of God. God cannot be tempted with evil, and neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And then, when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Free will, our right to choose, is one of the greatest privileges that we have in our life. At the same time... It is the cause of some of our greatest spiritual grief. Our right to choose because we make bad choices. And we make bad decisions. We do not choose wisely. If we choose to sin, my friends, God's going to let us. He is not going to stop us from sinning if we choose that path. But when we do that, we separate ourselves from God. The prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 59 verses 1 and 2. Isaiah tells us that the, the, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, nor His ear heavy, that, that it cannot hear. That, that's not it. <laughs> But in verse 2, Isaiah says, But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hid His face from you. And that is, that is a choice that, that we make ourselves. The history of the human race is a history of not doing very well with God's plan. It is a history of, of not doing what God wants us to do. But because of God's great love and mercy, that, that's the reason. It's not because we have really earned it. Because of His great love and mercy on the human race, He has provided us with a way back. In 2 Peter 3 and verse 9, Peter tells us that the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness. But He is long-suffering to usward. He's so patient with us. Gives us every chance that He can. He is long-suffering to usward. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Do you see that God wants us all to go to heaven? He wants everybody to spend eternity in heaven, and He has provided the way for that to happen. After man sinned in the garden, God put a, a plan into place, a plan that had been in the mind of God all along, knowing what humans would do. God put that plan into place to send a, a Savior into the world to save the human race from their sins. And it is a great story. I, I hope that you have put this thing together as you've studied the Old Testament in your life and seen how that, that story uh, unfolds throughout the Old Testament. God protecting that line down to the 
Messiah. And it took centuries for it all to, to happen. But remember that one day is with the Lord is a thousand years. A thousand years is one day. God, God doesn't count time. He's eternal. It means nothing to Him. But when the time was right, when God realized the time is right, He sent Jesus into the world and gave us a way. He gave us a way back to Him. Paul tells us about that way. In Romans chapter 5, read with me in Romans 5, starting at verse 8. Paul says that God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, not really deserving, Christ died for us. And Paul doesn't include this here, but I always think that we ought to add the word anyway. Christ died for us anyway. <laughs> we didn't deserve it, but he, he died anyway. Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled, brought back, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom... We have now received the reconciliation. Our hope of being brought back to God, reconciled to Him, is Jesus Christ. Jesus tells us, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except by me. John 14 and verse 6. Jesus is our way back to God. My favorite book in the Bible is the book of Acts. If you know me, you know that I, I enjoy studying history. And maybe that is one reason why I like the book of Acts so much. It's a history book, folks. It tells us the story of that first century church. The church was, was brand new at that time. And it tells us what they were doing in those days. What they were preaching. What they were teaching. And, and what they were, were practicing. The apostles were still here. Still being led directly by the Holy Spirit. They, they could not make a mistake. God was guiding them directly through the Holy Spirit. Luke wrote those things down for us in the book of Acts. And now... All of these many centuries later, we can still read about it and see what they were doing back in the beginning. If we just look at those things, what were they doing then? Church was new. Apostles still here. Apostles still here. Holy Spirit guiding them. If we look at those things and do them the same way, Surely that is the right way to do it. In Acts chapter 2, we find the Holy Spirit falling on the apostles. Peter delivers that very first gospel sermon. And Luke tells us that 
that at the end of his message, his listeners were pricked in their hearts and asked, Men and brethren, what shall we do? They, they were guilty of everything that Peter had said, and, and they knew it. They realized it. They'd been waiting for their Messiah to come for centuries. He finally shows up, and they've nailed him to a cross. And so they asked the honest question, What do we do now? What shall we do? Peter just answered in verse 38, Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And verse 41 of that chapter tells us, Then they that gladly received His word were baptized. There were added unto them that day about 3,000 souls. They, they just ask an honest question. What, what shall we do? What, what do we do now? And Peter just answered, Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. That's how they did it. And that very first day, in the beginning. In Acts chapter 16, we find Paul and Silas in the city of Philippi. Philippi was a, a Roman colony. That meant that they were, they were very Roman. Roman through and through. They had Roman laws, Roman customs. They worshipped the Roman gods. They were Roman and, and proud of it in Philippi. Paul and Silas preached there. They are arrested. They are beaten and put in prison. But Luke tells us that at midnight, they were singing and they were praying and the other prisoners heard them. But then Luke says... There was an earthquake, and the foundations of the prison were, were shaken. The doors came open, and their chains fell off. Paul and Silas didn't, didn't leave the jail there in Philippi. They didn't run away. Let's, let's look in Acts chapter 16 and see what happens. In verse 29, Then he called for a light, that's the jailer, he called for a light and ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Now a lot of people... Stop reading right there. And that's as far as they go. And they say, well, then all I have to do is just be a believer and I'm going to heaven because I read that in Acts chapter 16. But if we'll read just a little bit further, we will see some more. Verse 32 says, Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. This man lived in the city of Philippi. I think it's safe to say he worshipped the Roman gods. He didn't know a thing about Jesus Christ. He didn't know a thing about the gospel. He didn't know anything about the plan of salvation. 
If we say that he is saved right there in verse 31, we're saying that he's saved without, without even knowing about Jesus, without even knowing about the gospel. But in verse 32, they taught him what he needed to know. They spoke unto him the word of the Lord. They taught him and his household what they needed to know. And then in verse 33, He took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and immediately he and all his family were baptized. When they heard the word of the Lord and found out what they were supposed to do, they were all baptized into Christ. In Acts chapter 22, Paul is telling the story. He's talking himself and telling the story of his own conversion. He says, hey, I was, I was on the road to Damascus, and a bright light shined in my eyes, and I heard a voice. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And so I said, who art thou, Lord? And the answer was, I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. And so Paul asked, well, what shall I do? Lord, and the answer was, go on into the city, and there you'll be told all things that are appointed for you to do. Let's turn to Acts 22 and start reading about verse 12. This is what happens. A certain Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good testimony with all the Jews who dwelt there, he came to me, and he stood and said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that same hour, I looked up at him. And then he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you, that you should know his will, and see the just one, and hear the voice of his mouth, which he had just done on the road to Damascus. For you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. Verse 16. And now, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Arise, be baptized, wash away thy sins. That's how they did it back in the first century, in the days of the apostles. That's how they did it then. Surely, that is the way that we must continue to do it, even in our day. You know, if we continue to read through the book of Acts, we would notice that in every conversion that we see there, every, every single conversion that we see in our history book, every person being converted was baptized every single time without exception. If we follow the examples that we see from the first century church and do it the way they did it, we'll do the same thing. And so this morning I would ask, if you have never obeyed the gospel and become a Christian, we have seen here how it's done. 
I'll ask you the same question that Ananias asked. What are you waiting for? Arise. Be baptized. Wash away thy sins. You have an opportunity to do that this very day. Perhaps you have obeyed the gospel and you've been a Christian, but you've, you've strayed away. We have an example in our history book of what to do. There was a guy named Simon. We read about him in Acts chapter 8. Luke says that Simon believed and that Simon was baptized. Simon made a big mistake and Peter told him, he told him directly, you no longer have part nor lot in the matter because your heart is not right in the sight of God. And he told him what he needed to do. Repent therefore of this thy wickedness and pray God if perhaps the thought of thine heart might be forgiven thee. And then Simon said to Peter, you pray ye to the Lord for me. We, we still, <laughs> it's nearly 2,000 years later, I know. But we're still doing it the same way. If you strayed away, repent of those things that caused you to stray. Ask for the prayers of the faithful. We'll pray with you and pray for you so you can be restored. If you're subject to the Lord's invitation, then please let it be known while we stand and sing.